0: Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On
2: Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb.
0: Tanny and Herb.
2: Hello, and
1: welcome back to Locked On Sox after the White Sox take down the Tigers four runs to three. I am Herb Lawrence with me, as always. Is Chris Tannehill. How are you feeling tonight, Chris?
2: Well, it's Friday. Sox win, so I'm doing just fine. And let me ask how Bill Walton is doing. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. And this victorious episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And you could say the new Built Bar is even delicious-er, just ask Locked on White Sox listener Pete Hand tweeted us today that he bought two boxes of Bilt Bar cookies and cream flavor based on our recommendations. Hope you enjoy those, Pete. I certainly do. The Cookies and Cream, by the way, that's one of the six amazing new flavors from Built Bar. They've also got Caramel Brownie, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. But don't worry, they still got those original flavors that you know and love so well, like the German Chocolate, Peanut Butter, Mint Brownie, Salted Caramel, Double Chocolate... Orange, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They're not grainy like some of those other protein bars on the market. You know, I was a protein drink guy, but I've been converted since Built Bar jumped on board with the show. And I enjoy having them. I keep them around the office, keep them right here at my desk when I'm doing the show. So that way, if I get those cravings, I don't have to make bad, bad decisions because built bars are healthy. They're great if you're trying to lose or maintain weight, or even if you're on the keto diet. And now, Built Bar is offering a special promotion just for our Locked On White Sox listeners. While supplies last, they're offering a free cooler with your purchase. So just go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off of your next order. That's promo code Locked On for ten dollars off at builtbar.com. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. How about that, huh, Pete Hand? Getting himself a couple of cases of cookies and cream, treating himself after his birthday. Thank you, Pete Hand. What a gesture. We appreciate you. And so does Bilt Bar, and so does the Lockdown Podcast Radio Bleeping Network. All right. And your
1: body will also uh, thank you also. Bilt Ab- Bar, delicious.
2: Absolutely. All right, so as you mentioned, Herb, White Sox winners tonight, 4-3 to over the Tigers, and they improved their record to 28-16. and They remain in first place as the Indians and Twins are currently battling it out in Minnesota, and the Twins are up 3 to nothing late in that one there so where do we begin tonight Herbie this one is pretty much uh, I think that the story of this game other than the big home run by Eloy is the starting pitching on both sides tonight was was pretty good
1: oh yeah it was exemplary I don't know if um, Lucas had his best stuff as we can see through the four walks he had today but he battled through five and two-thirds with subpar stuff which is what an ace and what a guy who is one of the best in the game does when he doesn't have his best stuff because he couldn't you know necessarily like initially I think he struck out the first four guys and so he's cruising but then he labored through the second labored through a couple of those innings and didn't have like pinpoint accuracy as far as his fastball wasn't getting people out People were laying off his changeup for the most part. But seven strikeouts in the five and two-thirds, I loved it. But that Casey Mize thing, oof.
2: Yeah, let's go over the lines. So, so Giolito finishes five and two-thirds, giving up four hits, three runs, all of them earned, four walks, got him into trouble late. Seven strikeouts, as you mentioned, didn't give up the long ball tonight. Uh, ERA at 343, only hit hard a couple of times tonight. And I think overall, before we get to Casey Mize, when you look at that outing from Giolito tonight, I would argue that there's more to be learned uh, by tonight's outing as opposed to if he would have just mowed down the Tigers for seven or eight innings. I think learning, he's still a young pitcher. You know, we've taken his recent success for granted, I think, a little bit. And he's already locked in as the game one starter in a playoff series. And he's the guy that you want out there. Him and Keichel obviously, in a big game. But I think, you know, he's a guy still learning a lot at the big league level you can pitch for years at this level and, and learn things about yourself every time you go out there so i would argue that him going out there with not his best stuff and just battling and really just laboring when he has suboptimal stuff out there i think there's more to be gained and more to be learned from that so I, i'm totally cool with with that outing by lucas tonight because he 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 showed that he was willing to battle through it and at the end of the day you know he, he didn't let things get too out of control even when he when he really started to fall off the table there, uh, in the sixth inning. So I, I like it overall by Lucas Giolito. It was a nice outing by him, keeping his team in the ball game. Ultimately, that's what you want. But Casey Mize, five and a third, one hit, two runs, both of them earned, two walks, five strikeouts. Uh, he was pretty good tonight too. And these two, I think, are going to be going at it against each other in this division for a long time.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I agree with that. He was just ridiculous. His splitty was. Uh, just filthy today he was using that pitch very effectively White sox couldn't see him and that was very impressive by the kid doing what he did uh, five and a third for him uh just ran into trouble walking nomar Mazar I mean like what was he thinking nomar would do a hit a home run there that that was garbage. Well, well, uh, well, glad. Courtney did. <laughs> yeah, she did. You know, you know, it's foolish, ridiculous.
2: Is that what you um, you know? Me and my wife, we don't talk uh, when we get home from work. We just want to stay out of each other's way. And you and your girlfriend are sitting about talking the White Sox right field uh, power issues. Is that what you guys talk about on a Friday night?
1: Well, yeah, she was uh, very. Uh, Gung ho on the great <laughs> Nomar massage She had a feeling that he was gonna leave Earth tonight, and I was like, <laughs> "He's gonna die." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he would have the same amount of home runs if he did. Um, but yeah, he did not. And I don't know why when they went to a lefty in I think it was the seventh or eighth that Ricky didn't go with Adam Engel right there to counter that. It just didn't make any sense because if it was the on the opposite foot, if they would have went to a righty. Versus Adam and which he's done before, taking the Adam Engel out in the sixth damn inning when they put a fucking righty in and put Noam Mazar in, like he was like the damn savior, and that bum did nothing that game, too. So good at bat by Noam Mazar right there to draw the walk. Then the splitty fell a little too high for Mister Mize, and he left it up to Yomer. And you know, everybody says it. you can't be living split finger fastballs up to Yomer Sanchez. So oh, crush him!
2: I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's
1: a everyday thing when we were growing up. And so Yomer <laughs> Sanchez hit that double, and that's where the uh, that's where it all started. That's it. no, he hit a single.
2: Well, he? yeah. So 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 Yomer doubles. Magical grounds out, uh, scoring the runner, scoring Mazar. It's 3-1. Three, three to one. <laughs> Magical, sorry about that. It's 3-1 to one at that point. T.A. gets hit by a pitch, and then Eloy comes up. And, and I'll say this about Eloy. He hasn't had many like signature moments this year. We've had many from Luis Robert and other guys in the lineup where you, you remember that moment sort of forever. But I think this year, finally, Eloy had a signature moment for the White Sox in 2020, and it came when the Sox needed it the most.
0: Eloy hits it high in the air. Deep left field. Way up and out of here. Bring him home and bring the
1: Sox a three-run home run. Give the lead 4 three. A towering fly ball. And that one just didn't come down until the Sox had the lead.
2: Absolutely. It was a towering line drive, George Hoffman, and uh, Eloy knew he got it, so I was pretty confident that was going to get out, but uh, did you have any doubts when you saw that one, or were you kind of willing it uh, to get over that fence a little bit?
1: I Initially, when I heard the context, saw it, I was like, that's gone. I thought it was going to be 10 rows deep, but apparently there was a 10-mile-per-hour wind blowing in from left field, so that made a wall scraper But yeah, I thought that was going to be really gone. And like it was amazing that he got his hands above that ball to hit a home run that high. It was a, what was it, a 95 mile per hour fastball, armpit high. And he got his arms up there and just murdered that pitch, 105 miles per hour out to left center field.
2: Absolutely. I was just about to look up the exit velo on that one, so thank you for that. Um, Up until that point, this from stat guru, stat maven Chris Kampka, who was on fire tonight. He had a couple of great nuggets and one I'll hit you with in a little bit, but he says the White Sox had four runs on two hits. The last time they scored four plus runs on two hits or fewer was in the Andy Hawkins game on July 1st, 1990, (laughs) where, where he of course had the no hitter against the White Sox back in 1990, 30 years ago, my goodness. So uh, certainly a big hit for Eloy in that spot. And then after that, the bullpen takes over. You had Evan Marshall come out there in a little bit of a a roll switch there. He comes out a little bit earlier than he's accustomed to, but he did a nice job. He ends up getting the win. He goes one and a third inning, giving up just the one hit, lowering his ERA to 266. And then Cody Hoyer comes in. He gets his fourth hold of the year, working a, a very clean inning. He looked great doing it, striking out one. And I saw some conversation on the Twitter machine today. This from our guy Beefloaf at Mister Delicious Thirteen, and he says Cody Hoyer, 2021 White Sox closer. Herb, what do you think?
1: I'm not too far fetched. I mean, there's a free agency for Alex Colomay. He gets the job done, but you don't pay closers. You don't pay people who only get last outs of the game. You pay for outs, and he gets them. But he'll be paying. He'll be paying very much a high price for Alex Calme. Cody Hoyer's in his first year of service. If he can get these outs and cost this little, you gotta use him. And his his fastball, while fast as hell the thing that makes it hard to hit is it moves. It's 98 with late break movement. And that is hard, firstly, if we hit a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. But if it has that late tail, especially tailing into a right-hander's bat, tailing away from a left-hander's bat, that's just going to be killer for people. And people haven't seen him. So, yeah, 2021 closer would be fine with me because he seems like he has that – That gene that, you know, guys can get out to 25, 26, and 27.
2: Normally, you know, in years past with the White Sox, I would say, you know, sign Alex Colomay at all costs because you have no idea what's coming down the, the, the pipeline there in terms of relief pitchers. But so far what you've seen out of Cody Hoyer, out of Matt Foster, and you figure that maybe they can duplicate some of that success. Rick Hahn spoke on a Zoom call earlier about maybe some other working some other guys into the fold uh, who we haven't seen yet this year. But, I, you know, normally I would say, yeah, you don't pay for, you know, for for. For closers, but you could pay to shorten games. But I think in 2021, they may have to make the decision: Alex Colome or maybe. Possibly taking that money and putting it in the old James McCann pile. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's a decision that has to be made. And if that's the case, I, I would have to agree with you in this one. I would say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take that money and try to push it towards James McCann as opposed to Alex Colome because you know Colome has been very solid in his White Sox tenure, but you know not a lot of swing and miss stuff. You know, you always feel like he's walking the tightrope out there whenever not- when you have that contact uh, closer. It always makes you feel very uncomfortable. So. Yeah, I I would I, I would like to see that Matt the Cody Hoyer Matt Foster experience in the eighth and ninth next year. So,
1: and I'm not done with Zach Birdie either
2: absolutely I think not. The
1: kid could, uh, he has some some value in a late inning guy, maybe even a closer himself in the future.
2: They've got interesting options going forward, so that in itself is exciting. So Callum does come in and close it out, but other things uh, happening in this game. Jose Abreu's hit streak, RIP. See you at the crossroads. He ends his hit streak at 22 games. Uh, he popped his helmet off there after he grounded out. Uh, to the right side, and he had a little bit of the uh, Grace Jones thing going. Did you see that, uh, that hairdo from Jose Abreu tonight? Did you catch that?
1: I did not catch it. Was it just a straight high top fade? It was
2: no. It was a flat. It was yeah. It was like the high top fade, but but skin skin fade on the sides, and it had like a it had like a V going in the back. It wasn't your traditional. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the comp is. It's not quite a Grace Jones, but that was the first name that popped in my head. But it was very odd. Uh, that
1: makes sense. It, it works. I mean, our younger audience, go ahead and check up Grace Jones. Exactly. Uh, we'll give you some time, but you know back in the 80s man that's who we're rolling with she was a big time star um for a little bit but yeah that i did remember his hairstyle Ugh, that's, that's rough uh trying to be too these young cats just come on just a high and tight one haircut to live by exactly self a ball fade uh uh maybe a taper whatever but that looks oof, tough it's
2: a haircut you could set your watch to there <laughs> like like johnny unitas um <laughs> So that was a good win from the White Sox tonight, and uh, you know they you love to see that. You know these tight games; it's all going to be helpful down the stretch when you're you know looking at a postseason series. You know finding ways to win games late. I don't care who it's against. You know you had the young Daz Cameron out there tonight, getting himself his first major league hit and RBI, and you know a follow you know immediately after him, Chris Snopack Jr. was out there. Lyle Mouton the fourth was out there getting base hits for for the Tigers. So it's still you know we you know. We say it here on the podcast. We jinx Jose Abreu's uh, hit streak, and we also, you know, talk about Daz Cameron before he comes into town. So that was pretty cool to see, uh, you know, because uh, we obviously have fond memories of Mike Cameron. But yeah, Daz Cameron getting uh, himself on the board with his first major league hit. Congratulations to him and the Cameron family.
1: Three hits for the White Sox will not get it done. I mean, I know Casey Myers was out there dealing, but that Detroit bullpen that we discussed a couple days ago. They went through a 19 to nothing beatdown by the Brewers. Then they lost one of those games to the Cardinals in a seven inning doubleheader. Then they won the second one. So they've been through the ringer the last two days. To only get three hits off of these guys, or two of them, well, actually one Singletons versus Mize, one versus Nero, the home run by uh, Eloy, and then um, Eloy again off of Farmer. That doesn't get it done so we got the yomer and the two eloy hits everybody else has to pick it up somehow and find a way to get on base we only had three walks so six base runners throughout the day well seven with timmy being hit so that's got to improve we like the result of the win it's cool it's fine but the actual game wasn't satisfactory as far as the offense apart the pitching i'll take that every time that that was uh well executed pitches got the job done in clutch situations, things like that. But offense, we could have lo- easily lost that game. Imagine, I mean, Eloy, that's a, a hit I haven't seen in maybe, I don't know, a long time of uh, somebody going up that high and hitting a home run. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero used to do that stuff on the regular, but it doesn't happen often. So we can't just hope on fluke home runs to bail us out of a game gotta have everybody clicking on all cylinders and sometimes you just click your tip your cap to Casey Mize and that was good but he was gone after five and a third gotta feast off this uh, Detroit bullpen the next two days
2: there are some other interesting things here going on today I mentioned Rick Hahn spoke in that Zoom call earlier today and he had some news items here the first one he was asked about the health status of Carlos Rodon and someone who we've been talking about for a long time here since he Exited the uh, season uh, with an injury and in in, with a nerve injury, and of course, that's Aaron Bummer. Here's what Recon had to say about Carlos Rodon first, and then the possibility of Aaron Bummer coming back this year.
0: Carlos was dealing with a little bit of inflammation in the sort of back rib cage area, uh, which slowed him down. He got some treatment over the last several days and some medication, and uh, I believe will be off a mound again on Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, time's starting to get a little bit short in terms of bringing him back. certainly as a starter, but we are still optimistic that at some point over the course of the next couple of weeks, we will be able to have him back in some capacity. Uh, Similar to what I said with Bummer, just to potentially preview a future move, there's a chance we wind up putting Carlos on the 45-day IL at some point. That doesn't change his timeline uh, because day 45 for him is actually Thursday of next week, and we don't expect him necessarily back before then. As for Bummer, he continues to progress, actually. He's, uh, as I alluded to previously, we had him on a very deliberate slow build uh, throwing program, uh, one that would conceivably bring him back for the final stretch of the season here, the last week of the season or so. And thus far, knock on wood, he's hit every milestone. So he remains on track to potentially rejoin us uh, uh, some point on the road and on that final road trip. So how about that,
2: Herb? Aaron Bummer possibly back in the fold before the regular season ends. That would be a big boost to that bullpen that's already looked pretty good and uh, but certainly had been taxed as of late.
1: Yeah, he makes everything better in the bullpen. You spoke about it extensively, how now that guys are having to be called on more since bummer being gone like puts a big void in the bullpen no jace fry either so they have to go with people who are not as uh, experienced like this mccray kid who came up and got the last out in the, in the uh, game the other day him coming back makes everything better sets up the bullpen exactly what you will like it to and then makes people like cordero a little bit better you don't see him as much i mean goddamn. The other day, the White Sox played their 42nd game, and 21 of them, Jimmy Cordero, had showed up. So, bummer being back for that last stretch. Got to need it because it's Cleveland, I believe, and then the Cubs the last week of the season So you're going to need a lot of people to contribute. I mean, Cleveland doesn't have the bats, but you need to keep down the runs because of Cleveland's great pitching staff and see them tonight. Again, even though Shane Bieber got hit a little bit, he still only gave up three runs. And then the Cubs, they don't have the bats either in the same thing. Their pitching staff has been outstanding. So having Aaron bummer back would make column a bummer, then you, you can have Evan Marshall Hoyer, uh foster you know everybody go back into their slots cordero can be a guy that you don't have to depend on a guy that is there to get innings when you're getting a blowout or getting blown out that will be his ideal role this year because he doesn't have it like he had last year so yeah aaron bummer will be a welcome addition back to this team and if we need to go to that third game uh in that first round Love to have Aaron Bummer pick up some of the innings, like do a bullpenning game. If we don't trust Dunning or we don't trust Cease to start that game, or if they we do trust him to start that game, him or some other guys are the first couple guys out of that bullpen, high leverage guys who are just going to shut down that other team until we get our offense together.
2: Yeah, I'm certainly, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. You know, many people were quick to say, "Well, he's done for the season," but I think I said at the time when you're dealing with these nerve injuries. No one knows. It, literally, they just you know they're not going to do any operations, any procedures. So literally, they're just waiting to see how he feels after extended rest, which they gave him. And then he started playing catch, and all reports after that were good. So maybe they just caught a lucky break here, and maybe the Sox could even benefit from this and him getting some extended rest. You know, he he won't be quite ready for maybe a two inning situation when he comes back if he's coming back in the last uh series of the year so maybe you won't that's like the one side effect of this is you won't see him for you know over one inning you'll see him maybe for you know three hitters and then after that he's done um will we'll have to see how that one plays out as i always like to say but uh certainly going to be cautiously optimistic about bummer but man that would be great you can have a game three on the uh on the road maybe and all of a sudden you have dunning to start piggyback him with geo and then you have the bullpen guys take over Bummer, Hoyer, Foster, and hopefully bridging that to Colomay. And all of a sudden, that's a plan that could work. You give some different looks. Over the course of a ball game to a team, you know they don't have really time to adjust. They don't have scouting reports on a lot of these guys. That's that's a good formula right there, and hopefully the Sox can uh, get in that position. You know, I know they're pretty much a, a lock to make the playoffs, but I'm taking nothing for granted at this point. Uh, another interesting thing here about Rodon, when he hinted that the, the final day of that 45-day DL could be a sometime next week, I had pretty much written him off, and I, I'm still – I wouldn't hold my breath on him coming back. But wouldn't that be nice if they could get him out there – to start a game and and throw just a couple innings for you. Then maybe you could bullpen it along the way or have him – And and Lopez maybe piggyback sometime next week. I know Lopez is supposed to make the start tomorrow, but maybe next (laughs) week have those two guys. You know, get them out there and get them some work, man. Try to try to get something out of them while you're just you're just trying to bridge the gap until this Dallas Keuchel situation is rectified, until his back gets better, until he's properly rested. And you know, I I hear you uh, bristling uh, back there about about Carlos Rodon, or was that more so about Ronaldo?
1: It's more Ronaldo, but. Also, Rodan, too, because when Ricky gets his familiar toys back, he likes to automatically play with them. So, like, <laughs> Yomer's got two goddamn starts already in this time. Like, he get uh, Yo Yoan gets to sit down and it's Yomer time. I'm good. Like, that air he made, that's a routine ground ball. Come on. Good job on the double. We appreciate that. That's why but. you're
2: here, buddy, to make that play in the ninth inning when you have Alex Colomay, the contact pitcher, out there. We need yeah. you to make that play, Brad.
1: <laughs> and so that's what he'll do with Rodon. Man's coming off an injury. He'll be out there you know, in the rotation. Hasn't earned it. Has been hurt. Can't stay on the mound. Like, we got Ronaldo tomorrow on the bump for some damn reason. I know we're running out <laughs> of pitchers and because of Keiko being hurt, but I would rather see somebody else. Anybody else go to the mound tomorrow than Ronaldo Lopez? I've had enough.
2: I, I think and I think you'll see probably enough, a good guy. I think you'll, you'll see enough guys. I think get a crack at it tomorrow. Maybe we'll finally see an extended look at uh, Bernardo Flores, the the White Sox uh, enthusiast and historian himself, <laughs> Bernardo Flores. Maybe because we have barely seen him at all this year, so maybe you can see him out there for a couple innings, piggybacking it. You know, so uh, it'd be interesting to see how they how they. Uh, I'd rather
1: see Gio do that. I'd rather see Gio start the game. Uh, Giovanni Gonzalez and then have uh, Ronaldo come in piggybacking him and maybe see if Ronaldo is better out of the bullpen, just coming out of the bullpen, having that warm up, doing those things, and then maybe transition him to that type of role. See if he can find some some success with something else than starter because they've done it ad nauseum. I mean, that's how Mario Rivera became a good closer. Because he was a shit starter. He couldn't do anything. And then he was like, okay, I do have this one pitch that no one can hit. And if I'm only going to pitch for an inning, here's a cutter. Here's a cutter. Here's a cutter. Here's a cutter. And he became a great closer. Let's just try something else. He has good stuff. But he doesn't have the good stamina, or the good stuff, or the good brain to understand like what pitchers, haters are trying to do to him, and how to keep the ball inside the strike zone without it being
2: a meatball. Heard it here first, folks. Uh, Herb Lawrence declaring Ronaldo Lopez the next great closer in baseball history. So it I could I, be. <laughs> we could just, just try it out. So he's not a
1: starter. I, that's a hundred percent. He's not a starter. I think we've all come to that point.
2: Yeah, and we talked about it many times that I've kind of backed away from my my high hopes of Ronaldo Lopez. I said he best profiles out as a bullpen guy. So yeah, you're you're right. That would be a better approach. I you know Geo threw the other day in Pittsburgh, so maybe that would be considered his side day, and he would be ready to to start a ball game. So I don't understand what they're doing either. Um, we're but-
1: starting. This is the sixth second of the start. Seventeen straight. Don't need a bullpen day tomorrow. Don't need a game where we're just running a bunch of people out there. If Ronaldo's minimum has to give us five innings tomorrow, minimum. And Uh I know in my heart of hearts versus this poor Detroit team, he will not give us that five innings that we need.
2: You know, I just picture Ronaldo Lopez coming out of the closers gate out of the bullpen door in the ninth inning. You know, uh, approaching the all-time safes record. And, you know, well, he doesn't come out to Metallica's Enter Sandman, a shitty recorder version of Mr. Sandman.
0: <laughs>
2: Here comes Ronaldo Lopez. Now pitching. Number 40, Ronaldo Lopez. <laughs>
1: Me with my black and white mom
2: did you know enter sandman was available in recorder version
1: i did not know it was re- available in recorder version it this, sounds beautiful too. this guy's killing it this guy's
2: on youtube he, he goes by t quarter on on youtube he's doing the sandman on recorder oh look, here we go Anyway, I like to dream. Well, you put you put it in my mind about Ronaldo Lopez being the next great closer. And you know, we well, you know, I'd love to see it personally because I love recorders. And,
1: and he yeah, and he better use the damn recorder version. And it was not interesting, man. <laughs> you just use a recorder version of any song. Uh, Machado song, whatever. Yeah. He's a recorder. <laughs> Live recorder guy.
2: Dude. Uh one other note here from Rick Khan earlier today. It, it, the Sox are in a funny position here. When I say funny, just unusual for them. But Rick Khan, when he spoke on this Zoom call, he, he was dealing with a lot of questions about it. It was basically spiking the ball about the team's success and how they're thrilled where everyone's at in the development and this is what they planned on when they were building this thing up. But he was asked... By one of the reporters today, I forgot who asked him this, but it was basically, okay, you guys are pretty much a lock for the playoffs. So what's the plan here going forward uh, in terms of the starting rotation, piggybacking of what we had just been talking about a few minutes ago, but what's the plan going forward? Do Do you sort of set up your rotation for a short series now? Or do you try to play for, you know, highest seed? What's the plan here in terms of the rotation?
0: Come a point over the course of this season where we are going to have to uh, hopefully prioritize the playoff rotation over the immediate games that lay in front of us uh, when we're certainly not going to pivot to that prior to clinching a spot. But after we do, we'll have to have some conversations about uh, how's the best use of our starters going forward in order to put us in the best position to succeed. Uh, in the postseason. Obviously we we want to do everything in our power to win the division. Uh However, regardless of where we're seated for the postseason, unless we have our rotation in the proper proper order, come the postseason, the seating's not going to matter. Uh, so eventually, that will become a priority. Uh, until that time, you know, our plan is hopefully the guys we have out there are going to be taking the ball every fifth day, uh, and that Dallas uh, is able to rejoin us when his his turn comes up again next Thursday against Minnesota.
2: So there you have it. The most important thing, Dallas Keuchel's health and his back and making sure he's ready to go because this is not the 2005 White Sox that's going to come out there and have complete games from four guys in their rotation. This is a team that's going to rely heavily on those first two guys, so it sounds like they're going to try to set it up to make sure those two guys are going game one and two regardless. So what do you think when you hear that, Herb? Um, just um, I've,
1: I'm heartened by, you know, those two guys, I mean, that's what we thought. Those two guys need to be healthy and Dallas, of course, needs to be healthy to be uh the first and two first game starters. I mean, we won't be necessarily going for anything um but a uh, a division. But does a division crown mean a lot to you, Tanny?
2: Um, it it does. But you know, this year's so weird. I don't I haven't really thought about it this year. I, I've kind of been looking at it as you know, I, I selfishly I want them to win the division because that would mean I was right in our prediction show. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the, the only lens I've been looking at it through. But I, I, I mean, think- you're already
1: right because I'm uh, very wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, they <laughs> could still finish in third place. Technically, they, also yeah, so many so you- more wins than I predicted.
2: Absolutely, but, which is great. but you know, I I think more importantly is just getting in. No, no matter how they restructured this thing, getting in is most important. And you know, it's I don't know. It would look nice. And, you know I know we don't wear t-shirts with the, you know al central champions <laughs> you know um unless they go on to win the World Series I think that's Dan Bernstein's rule of, of of championship swag etiquette is like you can only wear like the divisional shirt if your team eventually went on to win the World Series because like the, you know it's it's the only way that that's cool like I still see people walking around it's with camp. Yeah, it, I still see people walking around with Bears NFC champion T-shirts from two thousand six, and then all it is is you you're reminded of how they lost the Super Bowl in embarrassing fashion. Like I, I like you know, but it, I don't think it would mean as much this year because when you think about winning a division in baseball. It's a 162-game grind, and always the, the talent prevails, and you get a little luck along the way, but really, that you earn that shit if you win the division in baseball normally. But this year, I don't think it means as much. All it means to me is getting in. Um, normally, I, I say win out as much as you can, and things will take care of themselves, but you know, every day, that logic is questioned with the way things are shaking out in the AL Central and the way their possible opponents look and just the way their rotation is set up right now. Everything is just house money at this point. It looks like they're going to be in. And I think I'm just happy about that.
1: Yeah. And I'm thinking like that last week you're playing the Indians. So of course you probably want to do your regular thing, have your guys on their regular rest. But if you're setting it up for one, two Keiko or G little Keiko, then you got to kind of pare it down. He's like, okay, we're going to try to get them. And their, their last starts will probably be versus Cleveland. And you pitch them regularly. You act like, hey, go ahead and pitch your game and see what the, you can do. But games versus the Cubs, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday games, they're going to be throwing out their regular players then. So, like, it'll be Cease and maybe Dunning and then Lopez or Rodon or so whatever, that last start. I'm wondering versus the Cubs, like – If one of those guys struggle, are you out there trying to win those games? Are you out there trying to win the division? Like the division's on the line, and you know you need your bullpen for the three-game set, whatever it's going to be. You're in the playoffs already. Are you out there? Okay. Good. Good outing right there by UC. Gave us six strong. We're down by one. We need to have this game stay right here. So right now we're going to put in – Aaron Bummer or right now we're going to put in Cody Hoyer. Are you trying that hard versus the Cubs to get a better record, to win the division, to get a better seed, which might also be a worse matchup for you? Because I saw the other day the White Sox were going against Houston. While Houston is down right now, there might get Justin Verlander back. And then that team seems much more uh, formidable when you're facing them, and I don't want to face them. I I know you, know you get in the playoffs, whoever comes, you should be willing to play, but I want a favorable first round matchup so the White Sox can advance. I don't like playing the Twins. I would hate that because they got the White Sox numbers. So for my money, I let the chips fall where they may and I'm not pressing really hard. I'm not like, you know, all hands on deck type of thing to win the division. If it happens, it happens, but I'm not going to be like, getting all my guys tired all my bullpen guys tired and all my starters tired to chase a division I might not get what about you
2: yeah it, it you know and this brings me perfectly to the next point here the next news item Jeff Passon tweeted out just a little while ago the bubble is set for the MLB postseason the wild card games will be played at the home parks for the number one to four seeds for all three games the ALDS will be at Petco Park and Dodger Stadium in California, and the ALCS will be at Petco Park and the World Series at Globe Life Field. As far as the National League, NLDS will be played at Globe Life Field and Minute Maid Park in Texas, and NLCS at Globe Life Field. So, you know, I don't know how much home field advantage matters in this situation in terms of seating. Um, I, I suppose it, it would matter for for a wild card situation, but how much does it matter really? You know, um, it, just in terms of getting guys healthy, I would say maybe even put Moncada. If you're going to IL him, put him on the IL already, you, or do it in a couple days from now. He was off tonight after getting yesterday off with a day off. You know, so I, I don't worry so much about seating. I, I think they no they see what we see out there against the twins they i i you have to believe that they wouldn't feel totally comfortable with that so if you can avoid them by any stretch i would i would say do that but also it's baseball man you can't avoid everyone you know, for the entirety and, you know, unless the the twins get in there and play the Yankees again and that they'll be a sure out as they always are in the Minnesota Twins, New York Yankees Invitational in the postseason. But, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you that, you know, they do have that luxury now that they're going to be in. So play for whatever matchup you see fit and just make sure you're healthy, because the only way this team's going to have a shot at going deep in the postseason as if everyone's healthy. They don't have the depth that some of the other teams have. So just line it up as best you can. You're playing with house money. And like you said, see where the chips fall, you know, but uh, I, I wouldn't go full out balls to the wall for seating because, you know, you may be doing that and, and get swept out in the first round by, by a team that matches up better than you. So you just have to give yourself and put yourself in the best position to be a threat in that postseason. So, and then that, comes with health and that's all that matters for them at this point so yeah that that's kind of how I see uh, how that playing out towards the last couple weeks of the year so you know everyone's going to be Going to be trying to improve their position because everyone's got their own set of circumstances. Like the Cubs may not want to face certain team that they're slotted to face, so they may want to push and try to win as many games as they can. And by the way, they're they're fighting for their lives right now. The Cubs, like you know, they're they're on that slow downward spiral, so mm-hmm. they they may be a real desperate team by by that last weekend of the year, and so they may be dangerous because of that fact. So
1: yeah, no White Sox fans want to put the final nail in that coffin if they could that's the thing too I hope Ricky oh, that, abstains from that I didn't even says, think of
2: that man I didn't even think about the, the Rick Renneria factor in that situation yeah. I, I assume the Cubs are going to be in you know, I, I just, they're falling off the table I know so badly.
1: man and if they get into third place which is very possible they're not going to the playoffs because that division is shit like they have a nice, decent, sizable three game lead right now, but they have been playing like
2: garbage but one you know Luckily one bad week them, here, yeah, one bad Milwaukee. week, and it's over with
1: yeah, Milwaukee for them, St. Louis and Milwaukee are at five hundred and below five hundred, same thing with Cincinnati, so the division is garbage, uh that thirteen and three start was a godsend for them since then they've played like under five hundred, it's been trash it's Absol- been thirteen and seventeen since then,
2: bad. Yeah, man, things can be drastically different uh, for better or for worse uh, over the next. What is it? Two weeks left, or is it three weeks? We got uh, two weeks, right? Two weeks from tonight. Is two the, weeks left. Yeah, the, the final like, series. Yeah. yeah,
1: we'll be playing the Cubs on Friday. At guaranteed rate for the last couple three games.
2: Man, wish uh, I wish I wish people could be there. I wish I missed watching this team, man. It just it it really sucks, you know.
1: I mean, technically, if the White Sox. To get to the ALDS and they do our, our playing in Petco, you could theoretically ask one of the people who live in that building across the street from Petco <laughs> if you can go in there and go up to the rooftop and watch the White Sox in the ALDS or ALCS if, if necessary.
2: Yeah, because I, I was gonna ask, like you know, I haven't, I've tried to tr- avoid COVID numbers. I assume they're going up everywhere again, and they're only going to be going up even worse as we get into the uh, colder months here. And you know, people are aren't congregating outside, and you don't have the warm weather keeping people you know, spread out. Uh, so I worry about that. But th- they're not going to have fans, right? There's, they're they're going to continue on with the no fans. I would assume in the stadium. Like it's weird seeing that Chiefs game last night with those people out there. You know, space.
1: Yeah, they're probably going to continue with no fans because
2: it's um, worked so far.
1: Ca- yeah, yeah. California is having uh, not great progress. Well, they were the saying
2: COVID. the rest, the rest of the calendar year, like no, no live sports here at all. Yeah, you know, like
1: because it's been bad. Yeah, there. Uh, they don't I mean it's the sun. They're outside, young, dumb, stupid, and they go back. It's <laughs> spreading out there, just like it's spreading in some of the southern states. So yeah, when I went there. San Diego County, which is vast, wasn't having a huge problem like the other counties in California were, So, but everybody from other counties, which shut down indoor eating and their beaches, were coming down to San Diego County, and people from Arizona doing the same thing. I was about uh, early August, I believe, or July, whatever it was, but yeah, they're not going to let anybody in, and yeah, it's not a good idea, I don't think, until... This thing is known, we get a vaccine, we get something, some treatments that is better. Why would you want to, as we saw with Sturgis, go to an event just to get this deadly disease? maybe like all the cases that were brought upon by a motorcycle rally in South Dakota, really? watching Smash Mouth is it worth you getting COVID and your and your friends getting COVID? No, never. Have you ever? I wouldn't even get COVID from Michael Jackson reincarnate.
2: Have you ever even heard uh, "Walking on the Sun" live? Herb, before you make those asinine comments to, to our the weird my-
1: part about it. <laughs> one of my first concerts ever. Well, probably I've only been to like twenty, but I went to this concert. It was a surprise Bud Light, like one of the music stations, like B ninety six or Q one hundred and one was giving away a hey pop up here, and we're gonna have some bands for you, and it was a surprise. And the first band was Damn Smashmouth. The second band, though, <laughs> was, Blind. was Damn Yankees. <laughs> so, it, so it made it much better. And Aragon, I didn't think he had good acoustics there, at least not for the Smash Mouth set. It was shit. But I enjoyed the Third Eye Blind, and I saw them twice that year. One time there, and then one time at the uh, Western Illinois Campus Invasion version with uh, Eve 6. Much better opener for her third eye blind than smash mouth wow was. you really... and i did not get COVID back then 1998
2: wow you really were living a semi-charm kind of life back then when that was that was them right was that them uh, yeah it was them. <laughs> all right let me hit the button <laughs> 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 Yikes. really yes yeah, stony don't judge me uh, that's all i got oh, you hear th-
1: stony tonight <laughs> oh yeah he, with, with
2: the buck farmer thing Yes. Yeah, yeah, Stony was was on one tonight, but we we love him for it. I the mean. lowest
1: hanging fruit, that fruit was on the
0: ground.
2: <laughs> but the, he was playing the long game, Buck Farmer. It's not like he's new to baseball; he's been around for oh. a while. So he finally, after being partners with Jason for five years, like you know what, tonight's the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, let let go of my Farmer in the Dell joke for Buck Farmer. But uh, yeah, man, that is a nice win for the Sox tonight. And uh, we're done for the week here because they've got the late game tomorrow, 6 5 start uh, on the south side. And of course, we have the Bears on Sunday. Uh, our beloved football is back. Our 8-8 eight and eight Bears kick off their season. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get all worked up about that. But then we've got the mailbag on Monday, which I assume we're going to record Sunday night uh, I think that would be the best time for us. That way we could drop it first thing Monday. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're done for this calendar week. So thank you guys for supporting this week and making it another successful week. It was a, it was a crazy up and down week for the Sox here. And uh, thanks for bearing with us with the audio problems of uh, the past couple episodes. I was able to clean up the Luis Robert episode a little bit better. Uh, but I, I, I shit you not, I took out every single cable I have and I, I unplugged it from my mixer and tried to rule out exactly what the problem was. And I ultimately, I found it. It was stupid. It was I had the mixer plugged into the wrong USB port on my computer. So it must have not been the, the port that the mixing board was installed on when I when I put it in my computer initially. So because of that, it was creating a, a hiss. So I thought I was going through all my cables. Like, oh, do I have a bad cable in here? But, of course, it was just take one USB port from here and boop switch it over here. So Stupid, stupid technology. I hate it, but I but at least I know now what it is going forward. So thank you guys for being patient with us this week. And how can they get a hold of us uh, for the mailbag? I love it when people are watching the game as they did tonight. You saw a couple of emails for the mailbag trickle in, like sort of in their stream of consciousness. I love being in locked on Sox fans stream of consciousness. Like they see something happen during the game, is like you know what? I'm going to fire off an email to Herb and Chris about this one. How can they do that for the mailbag, Herb?
1: That is perfect if you are watching a game and you want to fire off a question to us comment anything you want to send it is at locked at gmail.com locked at gmail.com yeah we saw your uh, email there uh John yay Kest. We, we yeah once you think about it don't wait until you after the game because you might forget about it so fire it off while it's on the top of mind it's the middle of the night whatever we'll get it we'll we'll mark it I'll read them Tany will read them and some
2: I'll read it me. Daryl Drake, I'll read it. Don't you tell me. I'll read it. Um, That's what I said. That's what I said. That's what I said. I don't even know where this crap comes from, and I'm getting tired of talking about this. Johnny Knox texted me this morning wondering where this crap comes from. If you guys keep making this stuff up and bringing this stuff up, you're going to deal with me. I will read it. I don't want you to tell me what he said. That's what I said. That's what I said. I said I will read it. Don't you tell me what I need to say and what I don't need to say. Uh, Zach Byrne, how about those sweet baseball cards he tweeted us today? Shout out to Zach Byrne. That Luis Robert card, that rookie card, uh, let's see is it a tops It's got like the old school look to it like the early 80s tops that's a sweet ass card man. It makes you want to go buy a box of baseball cards man but yeah locked at gmail.com is the best way to reach us for the mailbag. Occasionally we'll fire out we'll, you we'll go through the Twitter and see what people are saying like today when people tweet us some sweet ass baseball cards we'll, uh, we'll mention those while they're in my mind but yeah man I look forward to that mailbag should be spirited once again.
1: So that is Chris Tannehill. Follow him on Twitter at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence at Ecknerwall23. The show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter and on Instagram. So for Chris Tannehill, I am Herb Lawrence. This is a victorious four-to-three win over Detroit of Locked On socks.